0: Hello and welcome to episode 23 of Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We're really excited today because we have Wendy Braden with us this morning. And Wendy is part of our tribe here in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, doing the work with us. And uh, Wendy, we're thrilled to have you here. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this.
0: Welcome. Yeah, you know, we have had great responses from, uh, we've done two other... Uh, interviews with people here locally um, with Sam and Caitlin we've had great response and part of Beck and I's commitment is to have people know that part of doing this work is to, uh, it's having people around you doing the work right and staying in that conversation and uh, so we're you're one of those people that for me is you know we've been friends a long time and the minute we met we started talking about this kind of work and so I'm excited <laughs> to have you here
1: me too so that reminds me of something I ran across this morning, a quote that goes, hang out with those who have a common future with you, not a common past. Ooh,
2: I like that a lot. That's a good one.
1: Right? I think it kind of speaks to what you were just saying about the tribe and hanging yeah. out with those people that are doing the work. You definitely want to be Surrounding yourself with people who are moving forward with you. 100%.
0: Yeah. 100%. And I mentioned, you know, the first time Wendy and I met at a chamber event, I believe.
1: We did. <laughs>
0: and I could suddenly... always
1: picture what you were wearing.
0: And then we, that's interesting, (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't remember things like that, but I do remember then our first meeting was at the Mirth Cafe when it was here in Lawrence, and we were like almost immediately talking about the Law of Attraction and um, had lots to talk about. You were doing the work of the Law of Attraction so well before I met you, Um, so I'd love it if you'd introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and what you're up to and what you do, and then we'll just dive into all that.
1: Okay. Okay. So, as uh, I was introduced, my name is Wendy Kellerman Braden, and I am married to a fabulous man, Chris Braden. He came with Three. so he, I always joke that he was a buy one get three free deal so when we got together his kids were three, six and nine and they are now 24, 27 and 30 so that's been a long journey and along the way we decided we should add to our, our own personal tribe and we adopted two little girls through foster care so those sweet little pumpkins are eight and ten so that's kind of my family Uh, What I do for a living is I, the name of my business is Elevate Your Connections and I use a system called Send Out Cards to teach people how to elevate the connections in their life through the written word. So writing those things that occur to you to say to people like congratulations or happy birthday or gosh, I'm sorry, you just lost your pet. You know, things like that, things that I think we have a natural tendency to want to do, but this system helps you act on that. So I have a lot of fun with that, and that definitely flows right into that law of attraction because absolutely what you send out comes back to you tenfold, and um, yeah, Jay, where else do you want me to go with this?
0: Well, talk to me a little bit about, because like I said, by the time I met you, you already uh, studying the law of attraction and into that, and you and Chris were were doing that. Tell us a little bit about how you got started with that work, with the law of attraction stuff.
1: You know, right when the secret came out, we I think we ac- acquired like an online download before you could even buy a DVD of it, and that was a profound shift to consciously create and consciously attract and so gosh i'm trying to think of even the year that that was i don't either i don't know when that was probably right around like 2000
0: 2000, 2002 somewhere in there yeah
1: yeah so we saw that show up really quickly in our life my husband is a magician when it comes to manifesting specifically money it's really kind of funny and we joke because he doesn't always believe in it. Yet he can. Boy, when he flips that switch, um, <laughs> it's like hundred dollar bills literally arriving in multiple forms of vehicles. Can you come over to my house. It, yeah, <clears throat> I know. I know. I know. So we have a long history together of co creating and being in the flow and being out of the flow. So every time we step out of the flow and get back in, such a great learning lesson. I think we, as humans, make it so much more complicated than it has to be and so much more hard than it has to be. It's really quite easy to stay in the flow as long as you're conscious to it. And then that circles right back to who are you surrounding yourself with that keeps you on task for staying in the flow of all of that. So I, I think because of the consciousness of the law of attraction, along with some other universal laws... I'm very attracted to that type of work, whether I'm talking about personal development work or whether I'm talking about income work, I I have a keen attraction to what keeps me in the flow and what keeps me sending out what I want to come back to me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the reasons that I, you know, there's, there's a whole, you know, every time we're together, we can we could just talk for days about mm-hmm. this. But we had lunch right after Beck and I had done one of our recordings. And you and I were talking about something that had me be like, I want you to come on the show and talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that and that was you make, you, the quote that you, I mean, I, the quote that I, I was like, I could see it as a meme was that your environment always wins. Do mm. you remember saying that to me?
1: I do remember saying that to I was you.
0: like, hold the phone. <laughs> stop the presses. Back and then he was like, Becca. And Then he's sending me text
2: messages. Becca. Env- your environment always wins. Environment we always have to wins. have her on. I'm like, okay, yes. That right. sounds fabulous. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, because it's such a powerful statement. I mean, and, and so I want, will you unpack that for, let's start there. Because that's just, I mean, we want to we provide content that actually moves people and shifts their worlds. And this, I mean, as, at least as soon as I heard it, I was like, whoa, hold on a second. So let's unpack that for a second, because I just feel like that's a very profound statement and, it, and it's absolutely the truth for me anyway. It's one of my truths. So talk about that for a second. Your environment always wins.
1: Well, so this concept comes from me doing work around designing my world and when you choose to live on purpose and you choose to be conscious to things, one of the things you need to be conscious of is what are you designing? So you're making this proactive choice because we are the creator what are you creating so not just this nebulous you know spiritual yaya yeah, yeah, what am i creating but even even your physical space so when you when you come out of the spirit realm and you literally you know knock on wood around you what does your environment say about where you're going and this is kind of, this. it's funny how things circle back around, uh, back to that quote that we were talking about, where you want to surround yourself with things of your future, not things of your past. The environment's the same exact thing. So when you're manifesting abundance and you're looking around in your environment and you've got ratty tatty pillows or you know some broken thing that hasn't been fixed in forever that is speaking to the past that is speaking to what was that is not speaking to what you're creating and where you're going so being really conscious to that right. and then also removing friction around your environment as as it pertains to your environment and When i was talking to a friend about this i um have to reference my bedroom (laughs) don't don't panic we're not going to get any kind of crazy here but in my bedroom it is probably the messiest room in my house Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't have a functional closet currently and so that is creating a dysfunction of space so i have friction surrounding that So no matter how much I try to keep that space clean, it just automatically becomes cluttered again because it's not functional and it's not working. So right there, my environment is winning. Despite my intentions of making it different, the environment is winning. So being really conscious to what's happening in your physical space and how is that serving your future self Versus your past self. So yeah, I think that's brilliant, that, isn't it? It's when you it when you really stop to think about that and you take a look around. The first space that I cleared was my my actual workspace where I do my creative work, where I interact with people online, and that flow needed to be what would be the most successful creative abundant space that it needed to be. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, well, and I think that if you're, uh, you,
0: yeah. And if you're in an, <laughs> an inquiry, like you want to find a new place to take on in your life, you, you could go around and look just uh, if you, I mean, I love the idea that you could just open your eyes <laughs> and look at your physical space and go, Oh crap. <laughs> 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 like, I yeah. mean, really, there's just so many areas of our lives that where we go unconscious and one of the ways to wake ourselves up, which is, you know, we're always looking at how are we going to get ourselves from unconscious to conscious? I think that looking at your physical space and just being conscious of, you know, what does your front porch look like? What is your, you know, everything? And is it a representative of who you want to be in the future? I think it's such a brilliant concept. And and how it is, is how it is. And so how it is, is we're going to win. Mm-hmm. And your opportunity then is to change that and to, and sometimes, and you know, in my coaching school, we call these things tolerations, things that we put up with, Mm -hmm. right? And a toleration might be that broken latch on your door that you just constantly, and I assert that that's life sucking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because it ties up negative energy because your attention is drawn to that thing that you haven't done versus positive energy. That is creative and moving forward and forward, creating things out in the future versus something that you're stuck in the past with.
0: And so that's what that's just that quote about how the environment always wins. Your environment always wins. I just thought it was brilliant because I just thought, wow, you know, you can look in just if you just open your eyes and look, then there's always a place to go to work. And then we've been talking about prosperity. And one of the prosperity books talks about the very first thing is to clean something out. Clean something up, you know, and part of that clean out is our brains and our emotions and, you know, inside us. But there's also all this outside stuff that we can actually make a difference in just by paying attention.
1: Well, I know you guys have heard the statement act as if that, mm-hmm. that you know, puts us into action and thinking toward where we're going and where we want to be and what we want to create. I think we forget to look at the physical world and act as if. I read a awesome book um, about manifesting abundance. Uh, Get rich, lucky bitch is the. That's the book title I was just thinking about.
0: The one that said yeah. her first step is to clean stuff out, right?
1: Yes, and she also points out. That when you are thinking of abundance and what you're creating, you cannot, and this is very direct and maybe too personal, but you can't be walking around with, you know, if you're thinking of luxury lingerie, you can't be walking around with cotton grannies with holes in them. (laughs) So it's that physical, that physical environment that is affirming something, Mm -hmm what do you want it to be affirming do you want it to be affirming where you're going or where you've been do you want it to be affirming abundance or do you want it to be affirming lack or disorder or chaos you know those are all icky those aren't good creating words Mm-mm.
2: so where did you so where did you start with this i mean was this something so you've got this you've had this aha moment around it what are you, what are some things that you started to do that then have shifted this for you?
1: Well, it's funny that Jay talks about tolerations because that's a word that I've used in my vocabulary probably for a decade. And I actually have a tolerations list in my journal where I can cross some things off that I know need some attention. So I kind of grabbed my tolerations list along with looking around in my environment. In the past, and I can actually say this as fact, not creation, because I've already created it. In the past, I was a paper hoarder. I have to just say that I, that's such an ugly word, but I would have stacks of paper. I'm a huge note taker, and so I would constantly have pieces of paper of things that I wrote down. Well, I've le- I've retrained myself to keep a very specific journal, so those things that I want to note take with and have Um, They're very concise and very organized and categorized. So I've embraced my inner OCD a little bit with that. (laughs) (laughs) But then I've also cleared my desk space and my workspace of those piles of paperwork. For years, I had this system of making piles, and then the piles would go into a laundry basket Uh and sometimes two laundry baskets. And then I'd spend an entire weekend sorting paper. I did that for years so dysfunctional so not serving my best creative self right so that was the first thing that I tackled and I've uh, oh my gosh it's been months and and so I have this amazing creative energy flow in my workspace so that was the first thing and it's sort of like a guess a bad fungus, except it's a good fungus. It spread throughout my house and throughout my life, looking at my environment, from keeping my car neat and tidy to everything.
2: Nice.
0: Yeah. And so (laughs) now the next thing I want to get into, because I know you, Wendy, and uh, (laughs) you and I are, we, well, we bounce a lot of stuff off each other. I mean, you're somebody, a resource that I think, you know, we learn a lot from each other around parenting and around, you know, all kinds of things. But let's talk a little bit about how do you, because I think this is, this is key. I am somebody too who like the keeping my car clean and you know keeping my desk clear and some of those things for me are a matter of integrity. And I think that you would assert the same, right? That's say. part of uh, staying in integrity with ourselves is to keep those things functional and in the flow and like that, right? Now, how can we talk for a minute about Where do we get, where's the line between we're in integrity versus we're in perfection? (laughs) (laughs) Not that you ever have to deal with perfection.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) Jay. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I just had the conversation with my husband two days ago, two evenings ago. We were turning in and, you know, doing our brain dump for the day, things we've thought about, things that we created. And I said, It's so interesting where I have arrived because the old version of me, and Jay, you know you, the first time you and I had this conversation about progress, not perfection, I was like, Oh, that I can't say it. It hurts. I always <laughs> <laughs> it's perfection it or bust. progress.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm striving. She's like, I'm striving for perfection.
2: Damn
1: it. Perfection. So I I will achieve it. I just came off of two weeks of not being in my typical flow of things. So my best friend from New Zealand came here for a week to spend time with me and my family. And then we together went to our international conference. So for two weeks, I was not in my... This was all on purpose, and it was designed, but in two weeks, I was not in my flow, but I was already pre-planning how this past week, so here we are Friday of Monday through Friday, my first week, quote-unquote, back to work or back in the life that I design around my work, and I booked myself solid, and I was telling my husband just two days ago, I said, oh my gosh, like the old version of me. Would have already given up on some timelines and goals that I set for myself this week because I wasn't hitting the mark. I had decided how this week was going to go. It didn't exactly go that way. And I've learned to be in grace with myself and say, you know what? you're exhausted. You were averaging like four hours of sleep. And I am someone who needs almost nine. So four hours of sleep, four to six hours of sleep for days on end, like 14 nights in a row, (laughs) I hit a wall and I just crashed and had to do that for myself. And I didn't get some of the things off and running and kicked up. Like I said, I was going to start this week. And I just said, it's, it's okay. It's okay. There's still time this is progress we're going to move forward these things are still on the list they can remain on the list a couple more days it doesn't mean that the list has to be you know shredded into a thousand pieces and i can just say oh forget it you know i didn't start i didn't start it on the first and i didn't start it on a monday so i can't start it at all you know? <laughs> no that would have been the the past me and so yeah i think i think for me it was so hard to get over the perfectionism I'm wired for that, but just learning to be soft with myself and just say it's okay. And then that translates to other people. I'm more soft with my kids. Like it's okay. It's a prog, it's a process. We'll do a little bit now and then we'll finish it up later versus it has to be perfect or else.
0: And I love what you said about um, learning to have grace with yourself. That's, I just think that's brilliant. And I do and I think it's um again we talk all the time about that it's a muscle to flex that you're, you know, obviously when you're coming from a place of having wired to have everything be perfect and it's got to go a particular way or it sets off different emotions in us that continuing to chip away at that, you know, and even being willing like I'm we're just uh talking about coming from a place of being able being willing to see it differently I think that's one of the first steps
2: mm-hmm.
0: You know because when we're wired for perfection we feel like it's almost like survival like it's got to go that way At least that's how it feels to me sometimes It's like it has to go that right. way The first step for me is like i'm willing to see it differently. I'm willing to see to to Not have you know to get that i'm not going to die if it's not perfect
2: Or it's that, yeah, I mean, you have the, I also have the flip of that where the perfectionism part allows me to sort of give up before I've started. You know, so it's like I can say to myself, well, I can't do this perfectly. So therefore, I don't need to worry about it. You know, I'm not going to do that, whether it was weight loss or cleaning the house or, you know, whatever. And I see that in my daughter. Um, She's starting to have that kind of act where it's like um she you know does it band is an example like she's like I don't want to be in band anymore well why don't you want to be in band anymore I just don't want to be in band well it's starting to get hard and so she's like stopping herself because she realizes she's thinking to herself well if I can't do it perfectly and if I can't be the best at it then I don't want to do it at all and it's like wow we you know you have both of those pieces in there you know, where it's like the beat yourself up because it wasn't perfect, but also like, uh, I don't have to do that because I'm not going to be perfect at it. So I'll just, I'll just back out of that right from the very beginning.
1: It's so amazing that you see that process in your daughter and can take what you have already learned to have conversations around that and to encourage her to take baby steps moving forward where she might learn that tool so much younger in her life.
2: Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? You've got two little ones that you're doing the same thing with. And, and what about, I mean, and thinking about that, all of us have, all three of us have younger kids on the spectrum of age. And, and we're talking about our environment and how important the environment is. You know, my kids have a ton of crap. you just have a ton of crap. And you know what, I used to be like, get so mad and be like, so pissed off about all this crap that they had. And then I'm like, I'm the one who's buying it. I'm the one who's, you know, or encouraging it to be purchased by other people, you know, for birthdays or whatever. I'm the one who's allowing it to continually be brought into my home and then just continuing to stack it up on shelves. You know, like, how do I teach my kids that their environment is is just as important. You know, how you set up your locker at school or how you, you know, your room is clean, is going to depend if your bed is made. It feels so much better to get into a bed at night and you can go to sleep so much faster when you're, you know, you're not crawling into dirty sheets and crumpled up whatever's, you know. Um so from that perspective, both of you, you know, how is your environment influenced by having kids? <laughs> <laughs> part of me part of me i have to just
1: completely let go of the outcome i can have my house looking exactly how i want to have it and turn around and one by one the rooms are a result of them living fully in the moment and so i can make that be a stop for me or i can again come from a different perspective and let them live in the moment And also for them to understand that when that moment is done, there's an order to the house that it needs to return to. So teaching them accountability or responsibility for their environment. Um, I've always been really good and their schooling does the same thing. Becca and Jay, you guys both know this. Everything has a place. So it's not just this random, you know, throw everything in a bin. Everything has a place. And they know where the place is. They just need to take the time to put it back there before they move on to the next thing. So that's one piece. Um, Addison, it's funny, she tends to keep her room in a little more disarray and has a bit of a breakdown at the onset of needing to straighten that up because she perceives it as such an enormous task, but that's mm-hmm. because when she's the master of her environment, that room is meticulous. She has mm. such an attention to detail, but she hasn't yet figured out how to keep it that way. She lives very much <laughs> in the Harry Carey <laughs> world of you know wherever it goes for the moment, that can be where it is for the moment. So haven't, haven't quite bridged that gap yet, but I think there's still time and that's the progress piece, not the hammering home the perfection.
0: Yeah. Well, for me, it's about, there's a couple of things working. A, it's interesting to me to just watch my different, the different personalities and my kids because they're so different. You know, he is much tidier and he's a little OCD, so you know, his cars have to be lined up a particular way. His animals, he has 30 stuffed animals that sit and watch him sleep, and he lines them up every night. <laughs> and, they're, and they're perfectly lined up almost by size and by, you know, like these are the dogs are over here and the cats are over here. Like he's very, you know, particular. About those kind of mm-hmm. things Kind of like I am Like I have all these Weird little ticks That I'm particular about <laughs> That over You line my up all life... your
1: Dogs and cats Before you yeah. go to bed too <laughs> Yeah
0: Practically So they can look I mean, at you I do have weird Ritualistic type of things That I You know like Jessica teases me About things like Okay well if I'm having Diet c- having pepperoni pizza I have to have a diet coke You know like weird Things like that So I think he's like that In the way that like, he has these You know some p- ways He's very particular Um, And so his area is never as messy as hers, just because he's that kind of kid. I mean, he's just going to, and even when he trashes his room, it's never as trashed as hers. If his is completely trashed, it's like hers on a, good day, you know
2: what I mean?
0: like, <laughs> her room is always trashed, and, you know, it's interesting to me, because, I mean, she's a kid that went to the same Montessori school you're talking about, where they were trained, where everything has a place, and we have over and over and over again provided, like, I have a little bin, little place for their shoes, right, he'll put his shoes in that bin, and she will not, I mean, her shoes are all over the house, and everywhere, and in the car, and, you know, like, so, we have to do things like before you go to bed at night, you have to lay out your clothes and find the shoes that you're going to wear. Otherwise, the next morning, we're going to be running around looking for shoes. And, and this is the thing for me about parenting that was has been one of my biggest lessons in life in general, is giving up my judgment about the behavior so that I'm not, you know so that I'm not in some story about the behavior. Like I've talked about this before, where my coach and I, had this conversation where I could just shut her door, right? If, if her if her room is messy and it makes me crazy, I could just shut the door. <laughs> and, and then I, I would get frustrated because I was like, yeah, but she always opens a door. And my coach said to me, what does that mean? And, you know, what there is as a human being is to go, it means she's being disrespectful. It means she doesn't give a damn. It means, you know, I could go into a litany of what it means, but I, I'm a highly trained individual, so I know the answer, and the answer is it means the door is open. That's all it means, right? <laughs> all it means is the door is open. <laughs> and I can shut the door again over and over again and remind myself that all it means is the door is open and shut the door. But I am fascinated, and I'm really fascinated to see how it will play out later in life with my kids around how differently wired they are around maintaining and being conscious of their own environment. Because with her, how it occurs is like she's just unconscious. I mean, you know, we've done, we've tried everything like giving her a place for her shoes, like giving her a hamper to put her dirty clothes in. She will literally have a pile of underwear dirty underwear on the floor next to the hamper
2: (laughs) i'm not kidding Yep. i I mean yeah i I could and you're like seriously i could scream and yell about it all day
0: long it doesn't matter i could ask nicely all day long please pick we could problem solve we did that we problem solved how could we help you figure out how to pick up your clothes off the floor get me a hamper great got a hamper now the clothes are on the floor next to the hamper. You know what I mean? Next to the hamper. <laughs> we, could, we could try that all day. But the, the biggest lesson for me around kids is giving up the judgment of that. Like it means something, right, that she is that way. Because I could go into a giant story about what it means. It doesn't mean anything. It just means, you know, there's clothes on the floor. <laughs>
2: Well and then you have this stuff that's all out now and you've there's been articles a lot of articles recently about how like messiness or disarray is actually like the creative mind at work and that people who have messy spaces are actually more creative or higher you know have a higher IQ, they're more intelligent. That's a great story. Um, have you not seen these articles? No, I that's a great story. Oh yeah, I, I get sent them all the time. <laughs> Because I, I get sent them all the time by people who are like, see, <laughs> you know, this is why I'm so smart. Look at this article that was about how your messy desk means you're more creative and intelligent. I'm like, nice. Okay. Um, so, but really, what do you, what, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, just from that perspective of, you know, your environment dictates what's going on and how you're going to be in the flow. What do you do? What do you do with that kind of thought of the people who say, "Well, I'm just a creative person," or you know, that's where I, I can't focus on that because I have so many other things that I'm dealing with, and it doesn't bother me, or whatever it is.
1: I think you have to get really clear and really honest with yourself as you assess your environment. And does it create friction? Does it create a stop? For me, for years, if my desk was a certain way, I could not fully engage with what I was about to create because it was a stop for me. And sometimes even an excuse. Well, as soon as my desk, looks a certain way then I can do xyz I think I I can't I can't be the one to say for your environment that any disarray or chaos is not part of your creativity if you truly can function at your very very best creative output whether that's work output, or creating your future, if all of that is in harmony with your environment, then it's not an issue. I can only speak for my own environment. That would not be in harmony with how I create and how I move forward.
0: Yeah, me either. I mean, and, uh, you know, one of the other reasons to, to, to note, Wendy, is that you're an entrepreneur and have been for a long time. And for me, as an entrepreneur... When I first started, I would clean the house rather than work.
1: (laughs) But, boy, you got a lot done that day, didn't you?
0: (laughs) You betcha. But that was the deal. Like, I had to have a certain – the house has to be a certain level of clean or I will stop it. And I don't do that like I used to because now I actually – you know, before when I didn't have any clients, (laughs) I was just, like, (laughs) sitting at my desk trying to figure out how to get clients. I'd rather go do the laundry or I'd rather go do the dishes or I'd rather – now – you know I actually have clients that expect me to be on the phone so I don't have the luxury of being like sorry I gotta go to do the dishes first but I will say that that it's important for me to have a certain level of of functionality and cleanliness around me or I can't I'm not as functional I don't I don't work as well um, without that and it's interesting because you know my kiddo is an artist I mean she is one of the most creative kids I've ever met she's i 've never known anybody who because i 'm not a natural artist like that i mean I wouldn't you know I know that i I love to do art and I'm not saying that I am not creative I mean no i 'm very creative, but I've never met anybody like like my kiddo Rose, who everything she touches, if it has anything to do with art or creativity, she just somehow makes it better i mean she's just super creative, and so it's interesting that there i haven't heard those studies about the chaos versus the Chaos for creativity, because um, she's definitely got a lot of chaos in her space, in her room. Um, but she's also very <laughs> wow. creative and makes things prettier and better. And you know, she just part of the mess is part of the creativity. You know, it's like you know, there's she she uses masking tape to make clothes, and I mean, you know, weird things like that that you don't think of. But she give that kid a, a napkin and some masking tape, and she'll <laughs> like create an out <laughs> She is. I'm not kidding. Yeah. She can make an outfit out of anything, um, especially fashion stuff. I mean, she's all about that. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Future design star. Yeah, she is a design star. So now that, so the the and we don't have a whole lot of time left. And so uh, Wendy, I want to. S- s- you know, use you up as much as we can while you're on the call. Um, Because I think there's a couple things that you, you know, in addition to the environment and that we talked about, you know, there's lots of things that you are very facile with in this work. And one of them with the law of attraction and that we've talked about is staying in that flow. And uh, you mentioned already earlier, it's like having your eyeball on how you feel and being conscious of that for me, you know, A lot of that uh, comes from um, my, you know, I've stayed in the flow a lot through my spiritual work, right? And I know that, you know, we know each other pretty well. So I know that, uh, you know, you coming to a place of figuring out your flow doesn't necessarily come, we come from different places spiritually. And this is stuff that you've been like, you know, in an inquiry around for a long time and like that will you share a little bit about your journey and what has you stay in the flow and you know I mean you're you've been doing this a while so I'd love to hear for you to share with that because I think that you come from a different perspective that I think is valuable
1: and so that I'm clear about the direction that you're asking of me Tell me about the perspective that you think that I have that's different than yours. Well, I think we, we talked about the Jesus a lot. We might be
0: having the Jesus conversation. We could okay. we could have the Jesus conversation. <laughs> I didn't want to say Jesus because I don't want to <laughs> drop the mic and run away. Um, but and I'm just teasing about that. But uh, but there is that perspective that you know I we've talked about a lot where you and I I come from that old school religious and then I turned it into spiritual perspective that really still works for me and that you came from a place from religion that was beaten over your head and you wanted to not go near that but yet you still were able to do this work and do all that access and have your own spiritual place and so I think it's such a valuable and important thing to talk about because I think those of us who you know have an have a worse where that I don't know, I just feel like I have, I, I don't know if I could say it's easier because it's more accessible. But I think sometimes people, you know, might even not want to hear me because they're like, "Ooh, yuck!" that doesn't resonate with me. But you do the work and you come from a, a, your own spiritual place or whatever you want to call it, and it works for you and you flow and you're able to turn it over. What do you turn it over to? What is your What is your spiritual path? like? Talk to us about that because I think it's so important to get that perspective.
1: So, my path was definitely, as you said, you know, there's spoon feeding (laughs) and then there's there's shoving it down someone's throat. And, you know, as a child, and this is my perspective, so anyone that's listening, this is not directed to anybody else. This is my interpretation of my life and what I experienced. Um, I... It wasn't until I was almost 18. When I was 16, we changed locations, ge- geographical locations, from uh, more of a, oh, less of an intense religious setting up in North Dakota. You know, it's kind of more like the, you know, Lutheran. Presbyterian, it's, it's just, everybody had, you know, a label as to what doctrine you had, and that was about the only thing that set you apart, um, to Little Rock, Arkansas, for the last two years of my high school, which then we were submerged into a a much more intense, um, I'm trying to choose my words. How I would choose them would maybe not, I don't want to be polarizing. It was very submersive. It was very intense. There was not any latitude. It was all or nothing. And I saw so much hypocrisy around that, that by the time I came to KU, and that was my first experience of living in this area, I had declared for myself that none of it was true, And that I was atheist, not just agnostic, but atheist. I completely turned my back on all of everything and then slowly over the years put pieces into my belief structure that resonated with what I believe to be true. So I had a bit of a piecemeal start to what I was going to choose to believe in, not what I was told to believe in or what I was raised to believe in. So that's my basis. And uh-huh. so I've been able to pick the things that resonate with me. I still, as Jay kind of alluded to, have a, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction when we're talking about specific deities or specific dogma or religious content i try to keep it very neutral for myself so for me it comes down to i i always reference the universe there is absolutely a creative existence i don't even want to say being i believe that we are that existence though in human form Right now, and that we go back to that existence, and that existence can instantly create and be in all things good. And it's this journey of our human experiences that give us contrast without all the knowledge. Like we have to try to figure it out without knowing all of, all of everything. We come into this space blindfolded. So for me, what I've figured out kind of like writing checks, I can't write a check on my life unless I'm making regular deposits into my account, which is my personal development. So I always have to be reading the next thing that just keeps me focused on where I'm going, not where I've been, and discovering more truths that are relevant to my life that allow me to help as many people along the way have the most fulfillment from their life. I think we make it way too hard. It does not have to be as hard as we make it at all. My current book that I just finished, and I'm in the process of rereading, and I'll probably... I don't reread books very often. This this was such an incredible book for me, and it's The Afterlife of Billy Fingers. Jay, I know your book club is currently doing this. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, this book... It's been a really long time that I've read a book that really opened my eyes to some things about connecting to source, Mm. whatever you want to call your source. And that's the thing. There's There's no wrong name for it. You just have to find the right identity that allows you to fully embrace it so you can go do the work that you're supposed to do.
0: Right. Gosh, I love that. And, you know, it's interesting to me. Here's what's fascinating to me. So we've had a lot of the, We've talked about this a lot. And um, I was sharing with you that I still, you know, have resistance or knee-jerk responses to particular, especially evangelical terms. Yeah. Um, you start talking about the king and I'm out. Like, I'm like, Wah! can't handle it. I can't handle it. Um, and so we've talked about that. But, you know, what's interesting about that book. I'm not quite done with it. I have, like, three more chapters. But I started having a lot of resistance When, because I was really enjoying it, I thought it was really great. I was really enjoying it, and then something around like when he started wearing robes, I'm like out. I'm like, (laughs) so that didn't. You didn't have any triggers like that. Didn't you? Didn't have any resistance around that at
1: all? I didn't. There was there was no piece of that book that gave me any resistance to anything. But I didn't have right. a story surrounding it. I was just right. completely open to hearing the message. Yeah. And, and I think the most resounding message for me was that we're making it too hard. Yeah. It's not supposed to be this hard. And we do that to ourselves. Yeah. You know, with all the man-made rules, which then you know, I lump that a little bit into that whole religious bucket too. Like, sure. stop making rules. Right. <laughs> there really aren't. There really aren't any rules. Be kind. You know, if that could be a rule, but you don't have to be. Like, oh. there's no. There's no punishment for whether or not right. you are or are not.
0: And that, so, if anything else, I got out of that book, it was like you cannot fail. Like, there's yeah. nothing you can do. I don't care what you do. I mean, even if you, you know, murder your sister, to be honest. Like, it, I mean, that's basically what I got. Not that I would do that. But, like, there's just that whole judgment piece is a figment of our imaginations. Like, it is not.
1: Man-made it, control.
0: It's a madma- It's a man-made construct. There's no such thing as any kind of judgment coming from that other side.
1: And regardless of your beliefs surrounding that, that's got to be a freeing concept. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, we're here to experience, you know, blindfolded, deaf, and practically mute, you know. <laughs> 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 but go experience what you can experience with no eyes, no ears, no mouth. Right. And, and we've got to figure out a way to hear again and see again and speak again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I said something in the last podcast, Jessica and I were talking about this, where because um, she was saying that, I said something like, if, you know, if you can tell me, somebody can tell me why we're here other than to have fun, then, you know, tell me, I don't know what that is. And she was saying something like that doesn't resonate with her. Like in her world, we're here not to just have fun. I was like, well, we could call it love, presence, joy, joy, whatever you want to call it, you know. And for me, that's where I say having fun. Like I'm not, not trying to say... We're just here to be selfish and have fun and do I mean even though again if you do that no judgment.
2: No, isn't <laughs> Nobody that cares. So funny. <laughs> Nobody isn't cares. what you just
1: how you defined fun. Right. You defined fun as selfish. Yeah. Does it have to be selfish?
0: No, 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 no. I mean that's what I'm saying yeah. it's like I, it doesn't at all. For me, having fun is about connecting with people and j- being filled with joy and you know really getting that it's all made up and living full out.
1: I just had a, yeah, I just had, I was feeling like when we were talking about connecting to source earlier and uh, how I stay in source, one of the things about creating the life that you feel like you have the potential to have or that you know that you were born to, you're just not there yet, or maybe it's just. A dream life that you would desire part of getting in alignment is in with that is in staying in high vibrational space so I say connected to source and maybe I'm missing verbalizing the piece where connecting to source is staying at a vibrational level and part of staying at that vibrational level is to be in joy is to have fun to help people those uplifting yummy emotions that has you vibrating in the space where your creativity is effortless
0: yeah and don't you think that part of part of the work is to discern and to figure out we talked about this i think a couple episodes ago we're talking about like what is it that resonates with you may not be the thing that resonates with me right and that that's great. It's okay. There's no, again, there's no judgment there. It's like even figuring out how to serve, that resonates with you and lifts you up. For me, you know, I like to set up chairs and make coffee. I like to be of service to people. That really lifts me up. It has me high vibing. For other people, that might not be the thing.
1: Definitely find the thing yeah. that puts joy in your heart, that makes yeah. you happy to have done it and do more of it. Right. Or do more kinds of things that duplicate that emotion, that vibration. Yeah, and then it's easy. It's not yeah. hard, and it's not supposed to be.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm—I don't want to go on a tangent here, but I because we don't have a lot of time. But there's something that's coming up for me recently that I am finding fascinating because I've never had this happen to me before. Where it, it might be age, so it could be that. <laughs> I mean, I just turned 50. It could just be that I'm knowing myself better. But I'm telling you, I am having a knowing about a knowing that is not top of mind. It's not completely conscious. Mm. Where on autopilot, I am eating better. I'm just, I'm having balance. I'm creating balance. Where in the past, I would have like... Done things like overeat or overdrink or over overdo anything mm-hmm. because it felt good. I'm having the opposite experience where I am making healthy, good choices and it feels awesome. And it's happening before I know it. Like I've already done it, and then I'm halfway through it, and I'm like, "Wow, holy crap! Who am I? What the hell happened here?" Like it's really fascinating. But I think it's
2: interesting. I
0: think it's more and more about me getting in alignment with source and me getting in alignment with what has me feel good and high vibing. Right. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. So you, totally. we, you and I were talking about ritual versus habit. Yes. Remember? Yes. Yeah. I, so oh, I'm so me, glad you remembered that. Oh, I'm so glad me, you remembered that. To me, it feels like your ritual has expanded throughout more of your day. And so then, you know, with ritual, what eventually happens is the ritual takes over and the participant is able to become the observer. Nice. Yes. So you're actually, rather than working toward that, you are so part of the ritual that now you're observing yourself in the ritual. Yeah. Man, that's a- yay
0: for you, yeah, thanks. It's feeling really good and And what's even interesting is whenever i'm if I'm not paying attention to that, the con like the consequence, like I had to I went to a benefit last night um for our local nonprofit just food, right? And I had two desserts just because I wanted to. And then I felt like mm-hmm. crap. <laughs> Afterwards, the words you know like it was so interesting to me i just haven't been eating any sugar lately because i have not because i've consciously said i'm not doing sugar i've just noticed throughout the week like it'll be thursday and i'll be like oh i haven't had any sugar this week you know it used to be nice. i had to say i'm not having sugar this week because it's a commitment i have to my body and i would say that and make be conscious and every day now i'm not doing that anymore i'm just living my life and the next thing you know i haven't had sugar all week
2: Nice. very cool. Yeah. very cool. And so then
0: having two desserts last night, like I felt like I felt like crap after I didn't sleep good last night. I mean it was <laughs> but really, they were
2: probably really good. It was really
0: interesting. It was just it was, I mean it tasted good, but it wasn't a choice that I would have you know should have could have you know not to shit on myself. you know what I mean and so it's interesting. it's a process that that's, that's happening um, as I continue to chip away at and get more connected to source, it's pretty pretty fun.
1: The more connected you get, the more you can observe that that happened as a lesson instead of a judgment.
0: Oh, totally. And that's the thing. I have zero judgment about it. Like, and that's the beauty of it. I'm not making myself wrong one iota at all. At all. I'm just like, oh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
0: Nice. Yeah. I
2: feel like crap. Yeah. 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 I got it. I wanna jump in because I think that there's a conversation and we're we're right here at an hour so we're gonna to need to wrap up, but I think there's a conversation where we need to bring Wendy back around with because I've been kind of sitting here listening to you guys go back and forth and you guys are using the term source. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, like the Jesus bristle, like when people, you, you hear the word Jesus, like people, are like eh, you yeah. know, they start to shut down. A lot of people do the same thing around source or like using that kind of other kind of more woo-woo-y language and people start to go, whoa, 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 whoa. No, like that's creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a weird thing to think about. Um, I think there could be a whole interesting call, a whole interesting conversation around that sort of dichotomy of language yeah. and how that affects you know, how people respond to the work, because I think that there are differing levels where people might be like, we might have lost them a little bit ago, because they were like, okay, now they're talking about some sort of source thing, and I don't get that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to 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 hear how those language parts and pieces affect you.
1: Mm. Yeah. Definitely.
2: And we
0: want to talk more about ritual versus habit, which we don't have time to talk about today. But that's something yeah. else I want to talk talk more about at some point. So, okay. Wendy, we just have well, to have you come back.
1: You're going to have to I come will back. look forward to
0: it. <laughs> Yay. Awesome. What
2: awesome. a great way to spend a Friday morning. Yay. I know, isn't it? We love it. I'm just, like, motivated and ready to go now. So you guys are awesome. Thank you so much hold for on, joining hold on. us, Wendy. Before
0: you leave, don't we always end with a question and an acknowledgement?
2: Yes, oh, yeah, we haven't done it in a while. So, yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so the question that we ask each of our people that um, come on is that um, if you could have one thing that you could offer to people, one thing to keep them in the work or to start them or to motivate them, what would that be?
1: The one thing that I would say is be clear on the direction that you're facing and I want to use those specific words only because sometimes we don't know where we're going but are you looking toward what comes next are you are you pointed toward what you're trying to create even if you don't have a definitive name for that yet are you headed in that direction are you taking steps in that direction versus thinking or looking in the past versus your environment tying that back in so make sure you are looking in the direction and toes pointed in the direction that you want to head and definitely be aware not only of your thinking so that it is going with you not keeping you tethered to the past but also your environment Does your environment reflect what's coming or does it reflect what was or what you're shedding or what you're changing?
0: Nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. And then I get to acknowledge you. So if you allow me, Wendy, I want to acknowledge and appreciate you for, A, for being on this call and bringing this, but and for being someone in my life who is always in this conversation. Like, you know, there are people who dip in and dip out and who, you know, it's just for as long as I've known you, I know that if I'm going to have lunch with you or if I get to see you, we don't need a whole lot of time. And we can get in and get deep and get each other powerfully. And it is a profound contribution to my life. And today you've been a profound contribution to... Lots of people's lives. So, I just want to thank you and acknowledge you for being someone in my life and in lots of other people's lives that is always moving us forward and always having us look toward what we want to create and being conscious creators. It's something that you do as a natural process in your life now. And I just appreciate having you in my life so much and having you and being able to bring you on and share you with our guests is a profound joy. So, Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Jay. love you. Becca, love you. thank you.
2: Of course. Well, real quick before we let go of... Um How can people find you? So finding Elevate Your Connections, if they were wanting to reach out to you to learn more about send out cards, where can we send them?
1: You can send them to elevateyourconnections.com and I even have a contact me form or a make an appointment with me form on there. So super easy. All my contact information is there. Perfect.
2: Perfect. All right. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining us, and you'll be back soon for sure. Uh, and everyone for sure. have a wonderful week. We appreciate you for listening, and remember to review us on iTunes. Remember to subscribe. Uh, join us at Doing the Work uh, on Facebook, and we can continue this conversation. And If you have any questions for Wendy, um, I know that she'd be happy to to come back and answer those for you. So everyone have a wonderful week.
0: Thank you. Bye.
2: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Doing the Work with Jay and Becca. We hope that you got a little slice of practical transformation that you can use in your personal and business life.
0: And here's what we want to leave you with. Whether you are just starting on this journey of practical transformation and just starting with baby step affirmations just to focus you in a direction of loving yourself, or whether you've been doing this work for a long time and you can literally say, I am thrilled with the path my life is on, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with right now, you're right where you're supposed to be. The thing that's in front of you is the thing that's going to have you at your most powerful once you accomplish it. And what I know and what we know is if you're willing to take baby steps with progress, not perfection, and just staying on that horse, you're going to get there. And we're going to get there with you. So thanks for being with us.
2: Now, don't forget to go and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Let us know what you think. And reach us at info at doing... Sorry, info at Becca com and that will let us know if you have any topics you want us to cover or anybody you want us to interview, maybe you.
0: You can reach us at our Facebook page too, right?
2: Yep, yeah, totally. So um that's just Facebook.com slash Jay and Becca. Alright, we'll see you around next time. Bye. Thanks for Jay. joining us.